Whitney. I'm Danielle. And we are the founders of Sakara Life, on a mission to nourish your body and transform your life. Sakara is a Sanskrit word that describes the action of turning your thoughts into things and manifesting your reality. We believe that who we surround ourselves with, what we watch, what we listen to, what we eat, the information that we take in, impacts the way we think and therefore who we are. The conversations that follow are with bold thinkers who have had an impact on how we view the world, ourselves, and what it means to live the Saqqara life. The intention of these conversations is to push each of us to greater heights so that we can turn our thoughts into things and all shine our light a little brighter. We are so excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to the Saqqara life. Hello and welcome to season three of the Sakara Life podcast. And today's episode is an extra special one because we are recording it live from our hometown of Sedona, Arizona. Outside on my porch. Yep, it's so about hear 90, the birds. <laughs> and it's about 91 degrees out today. Luckily, there's a little bit of a breeze. Yeah, that's cool in Sedona weather. But I can't believe that we're already in season three. I remember. Before we started the podcast, you had to really convince me to get on board with this idea. And how you did it was because you said, we'll get to sit down with some of the most amazing minds of across different industries who inspire us, who educate us, and get to pick their brains and ask them all the questions that we have burning inside of us for them. And I can't believe that We've been able to do that now um, for two seasons, going into our third season. We've talked to incredible people that we look up to and who influence and inspire the Saqqara life, some of the products that we create, the education that we help share with others. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that it really plays into our mission, right? Our mission is to help transform people's lives and really give them the tools to transform their own lives. And we've been so lucky to have met so many interesting, amazing individuals, people doing incredible work. And it felt like it was, you know, selfish to keep them to ourselves. So we brought mm-hmm. them onto a, the podcast to share all of their wisdom with all of you. Time yeah. flies when you're having fun. Yeah. And as you all know by now, who you surround yourselves with, the information that you take in, the information you take in listening to it or consuming it ingesting it into your body informs how you live, how you breathe, how you show up in the world. And so we're so happy to have been part of the information you consume on a regular basis now for these past two seasons and now a third. Yeah. And so Whitney and I haven't seen each other in over a year. So this is our reunion. Yes. (laughs) It was was beautiful and our babies got to meet. Um, And we thought it would just be so lovely to not only be able to video this podcast, um, but to do it live from Sedona together and um, do an Ask Me Anything because Sedona really is at the root of Saqqara and why we decided to take this path and how we ultimately knew that we had the tools to heal ourselves, that the tools, we either already had them or they were out there and the connection between mind, body, food, medicine really came from growing up here. Mm -hmm. So it's full circle to be back and to be back here with you and recording our season three. Yes. Ask me anything. 
Are you ready for this one? We haven't <laughs> done so. a, a quote-unquote solo episode in a while. Yeah. And this is fun. It's we- so fun to see what everyone wants to know because I feel like in my head I, I think I know, but a lot of the questions were really just back to the, like, the core Saqqara. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to have perspective when we're so in it. Um, you know, we know a lot of the things inside and out that we're going to talk about today. And I love being able to kind of get back to the basics of what is Saqqara, what does it mean to live the Saqqara life, etc. Yeah, absolutely. We can get so granular and in the weeds on the day-to-day. So it's great to pull back up, get back to what do we believe what do we believe in the Saqqara life and for ourselves? So I think we should just hop right in. Great. The first question, this is one we get all the time. Yeah. This is the top question, which is, do you eat any quote-unquote fun foods? Or cheap foods. Or do you like, have a cheat day? Yeah, or decadent. Or what is the word? It's like... Uh, indulgence. Indulgence, that's the word. Yes. How do you indulge? Yeah. It's such, a, it's such an interesting question because it's really born out of the thing we're trying to squash, which is diet mentality, Mm -hmm. that there's this wagon to fall off of, that there are bad foods out there that Mm -hmm. one should eat. Um, And at Saqqara, we really believe that joy is a nutrient. And at Saqqara, there's no wagon to fall off of. There's no foods you shouldn't eat. It's about focusing on the foods that you are eating every single day and making sure that those are the ones that fuel you and make you feel really good. Um, And less about the foods that we should be taking out. You know, I, I came from that diet world, that diet mentality of counting calories and carbs and points and pounds. And I learned so much. Restrict, restrict, Yeah, I learned so much about what not to eat that Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I didn't know what to eat. And I certainly didn't know how to eat to create a body that I felt really good in. The diets had such high highs and low lows. And I was a really good dieter. If you gave me a set of rules, I'd follow them. Well, Um, you even went as far as eliminating out everything until you were on a water fast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't like I eliminated. I was, I went Doing to a, a water retreat fast. to like do a water fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can go that crazy. You know, you can yeah. go, you can get to a place where you just feel like every food, you know, there's like people out there talking about kale being anti-nutrients and it's right. like every single food is going to have something um, you know, like mm-hmm. oxalic acid, like every food is going to have something, but it's, that's another reason why, you know, we'll talk about this later, but getting a variety of foods is so important, mm-hmm. um, instead of sticking to just your, your kale salad, et cetera. But yeah, so I don't have foods that I indulge in. I have times where I say yes to the joy. And I mean, I say yes to the joy all the time, but what I mean is I know what makes me feel good every single day. And that's what I do. And sometimes that includes having a glass of wine or French fries, you know, after a late night out with my husband. And those don't feel like cheat foods to me. They Mm -hmm. just feel like in the moment, that's what's going to bring me joy. Um, and because we believe that joy is a nutrient, those aren't like bad foods. Those aren't cheap foods. The really important thing to understand here is that there is a way to get back to feeling really good. And the scariest part about being in my diet brain Mm -hmm. for so long was I didn't know how to get to a place where I could feel good. And so there were inherently bad foods because bad foods... Every food was scary if you didn't know how to feel good. Right. Mm achieve the results you're looking for. Exactly, because right. I felt like if I cheated, then I would just go diet, and then that's not a long-term solution. So then I'd be off the wagon and, you know, upset and looking for my next diet. Right. But now that, you know, I follow Sakara Life and I live the Sakara Life, 
I have my toolkit, so I know what to do every single day to feel really good in my body and to create a body I feel powerful and sexy in. And so when I say yes to the extra glass of wine or the pizza or the french fries, it feels joyful. It doesn't feel scary. And the question that usually follows that is, well, like, how do you know when you've had too much and, and of, like, the joy? Mm. And I always tell people, you know, because it brings you a little less joy. Mm. Like, when you've had too many French fries or you've had too much wine. See, I think about it as a pendulum swing. And sometimes I'm in the middle where I have balance. And I'm eating Saqqara most of the time. But for me, you know, that might be... Um, two meals a day, and then I'm making food with my family or going out to eat or something like that. But other times it's three meals a day every single week for four weeks. And how I figure out where that point is for me is, yeah, I tune into my body. How am I feeling? And um, if I've like gone on vacation and I'm not eating Saqqara and maybe indulging more on the joy side of things, the play dirty mm-hmm. and not eating clean as much, then I know that I need to, and I've swung maybe over here in the play dirty side more than I'd like to, then I just have to swing back over into the clean side and that brings me back into that place where I know my balance and I know my rhythm back into the day-to-day life. Yeah. But if you don't know how to get back into it's that scary. point, it's scary. Yeah. yeah, and the key really is, you know, at Sakara we have our pillars of nutrition and focusing on getting enough greens, focusing on getting enough uh, variety into your diet, focusing on, you know, body intelligence. All of these things build up to body intelligence so that you mm-hmm. get to listen to that that inner voice instead of, you know, us or anyone else telling you what to eat or how to eat. Yeah, exactly. It really is about that body intelligence Mm -hmm. and you know your body better than anyone. And our job, I believe here at Saqqara, is to get everyone's bodies to a place where you get to listen to your own body versus listening to us. Right. And I think part of that is stripping away foods that create excess noise in your body, foods that are Hormone disruptors, yes, that intercept your body's natural messages. So if they're hormone uh, disruptors, if they're foods that aren't totally natural and send your body the wrong signals. Like you're full, but you're actually not full. Or you can continue to eat more and more and more. Uh, because the the messages that send your body the signal to say that you're full have been disrupted. And so mm-hmm. you could just continue to eat that entire bag of Cheetos and never feel, feel like sated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so by cleaning out that noise and giving your body foods that are natural, that your body understands how to communicate with, how to absorb that information and process it, then you can listen to the messages your body is sending you. And yeah. your body's going to tell you when you're hungry, when you're full, when you've had enough to eat. You can't continue to eat an entire bag of broccoli <laughs> or yeah. Brussels sprouts. You'll know. You'll know. Your body's going to say, yeah. hey, we have had enough of this. Yeah, and I think that's really why we need so much help navigating now is mm. because we've our relationship to food is so different because so many Americans are eating packaged foods. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, 60%, 70% of our diet comes from packaged foods, it means that we don't have the same relationship to what that's going to do to us. And what I mean by that is like what Whitney was talking about with the the bag of Cheetos. It's like your body doesn't know how to signal to you that it's full when it's eating air chips 
yeah. filled with, you know, artificial art- flavors, artificial flavors and coloring and dyes and bad and, oils and inflammatory has been oils specifically designed in a lab to hit the bliss point in your brain, sending you signals of joy. joy. Yeah. And to continue to eat more. Yeah. Yeah. So when you eat, you know, from the earth and you focus on whole foods, it's really like the first major step to creating body intelligence. Absolutely. And I think other people ask, you know, do I need to be vegan to live the Saqqara life? And I think that that goes back into body intelligence. Uh, Playing with your foods and understanding how you feel. How does a certain food make you feel? I'll eat foods that are not vegetable. I'll eat animal products, um, but to a point where I still continue to feel good. Other points, I'll go back to being completely vegan. And then sometimes I don't feel like, you know, that serves me. And I'll go back to eating some animal products. It's not a label for label's sake. It's not. And for me, it's a flowing thing. I think putting a label on myself would make it be, if I call myself vegan, then if I ever wanted to eat something that's Like if your body's ever telling you, yeah, yeah, you you don't listen. Then I would say, I can't eat that. And that goes back into diet mentality, restriction, and guilt, and shame. Yeah, and I think this might have been a question. I I get this question a lot about like intuitive eating and what the difference is. And I Mm. think there's a key difference. I I like the theory of intuitive eating, Mm -hmm. but I think what's missing is the work to build an intuitive body, Mm. like the work that you, you actually have to do the work in this day and age. Like when you go into the grocery store, it's like 85% of things in the grocery store are from, you know, the four major crops, like Mm -hmm. soy, wheat, corn, corn, and that other one, (laughs) that other (laughs) one. (laughs) But you know, so it's like, there's not much that's healthy. You really have to be an educated consumer. You really have to navigate the world. And so when people say intuitive eating and make it sound so easy, I think people get really frustrated when they feel like they can't do it. And I think, sure, the goal is intuitive eating and body intelligence and listening to your body, but you have to do the work mm-hmm. to build up your gut. You have to do the work to change your palate if you've been eating you know, a lot of um, produced food and manufactured food. Yeah, and change your gut bacteria. Yeah. Because it's the gut bacteria that is sending the signals to your taste buds telling you how what you're craving. And so you need to do the work to change that ecosystem inside of your gut so that it craves more leafy greens, more plants, uh, more of the things that it needs to function at its best. Yeah. Um, but it's not going to just happen overnight. And not to get too down the rabbit hole but we are in Sedona so <laughs> take us Sedona, down the rabbit hole and this Danielle. Is ask me anything but you know it's so circular that we're how we're treating the planet and how we're growing our food like agriculture is not the way we're doing agriculture right now is not sustainable um, and especially conventional agriculture where we farm, farm, farm until we kill the land and the soil dies. Soil is not a renewable resource. Um, And so what they're finding is that because we're using fake fertilizer and growing a lot of things, that actually everything we're growing is becoming more starchy. So not only are we losing key nutrients and minerals because the soil is depleted, but actually the foods that we're making end up being starchier because of depleted soil as well. So in this world where you have to navigate it's like then you have to navigate even more. You have to navigate yeah. what to eat, and then you have to navigate your sources and really understand where you're getting your food from as well. Right. And as you mentioned, 
diversity and getting a large variety of ingredients into your body is important. At Saqqara, you're getting upwards of 70 different plant species per day into your body, 180 different plant species per week into your body. And I think that if you don't have that mindset already in mind that that's something that you need, it's not gonna come intuitively. Yeah. But well, once, once you have that mindset in, in place, then intuitively you can you know, include different types of fruits and vegetables, easy. nuts, seeds, yeah. legumes, yeah, yeah, into your diet. Yeah, and I think that leads really beautifully into the next question, which is um, how do you live the Sakar life when you don't have the food around? Um, and what's like an easy dinner to make on your own? Um, so we have lots to say on this. One of the things I like to talk about is I, Whitney and I eat Sakara. All, every day, which is another question we get, like, do you actually eat Saqqara? All the time. All the time, every day. And, you know, and we, we built Saqqara first and foremost for ourselves. We're our very first clients. Yeah. And um, it's because... Felt the change. It's because we felt the change, the transformation, our bodies, our lives, that we wanted to share it with more people. Yeah. So, of course, we still... We still eat, eat it. it. Like, I don't... I feel lost sometimes. <laughs> it is really hard. Like, it's a great question, how do you live Saqqara life when you don't have meals? Because mm -hmm. it is difficult. Um, but one of my tricks is, you know, when I do have meals, but I have to think about the family, is I'll turn a Saqqara dinner into a side for the family. Um, and that way I know everybody's getting some greens and lots of different variety of plants, etc. And then the other thing that I recommend is when you go to the grocery store is to look for something that you've never tried. Look for a vegetable or a fruit that you've never tried every single time you go so that every single time you come home, you have some new plant species to introduce to your diet. And the importance of that is from um, making sure you're getting that diversity, make sure you have the diversity of bacteria in your gut. And it's actually the number one predictor to a healthy gut is getting enough plant diversity into your diet every single day. Um, we had Dr. Bushowitz on our on our oh, podcast. That was a great weeks episode. Ago. It was so good. That it was, was while you were on maternity. Yeah. But I listened um, to it. It was a really it good. It was one. really good. He's amazing. And he talked about how there people think of fiber as this kind of static singular nutrient. Like you just right, have like to get fiber, fiber one bar. Or you get your metamucil. Mm. But there are actually millions of different types of fibers. Um, so a fiber in an orange is not the same fiber as in a carrot, as in an apple, as in kale, as in your Metamucil, et cetera. Mm. And it's actually those different kinds of fibers that play a huge and crucial role in the health of the bacteria in your gut. Right. Otherwise, you could just eat cardboard because that's fiber. Right. Yeah. You could just mm -hmm. eat your Metamucil and that could be your fiber. Um, and yes, getting enough fiber is critically important and some people have to get extra from a powder etc and that could be maybe a nice supplement right but to make sure you're also getting as much fiber diversity from your your diet as possible so picking out something probably, new in the grocery store is a good one yeah and I think that that's probably something new for a lot of our listeners who I know are you know very deep into this wellness world if you're listening to the Sakara Life podcast you're not wellness 101 um, but I think that this might be something new for people listening to get different types of fibers. Yeah. That we talk about diversity and getting different nutrient profiles from each food, but um, fiber is part of that. Yeah and, yeah, and fiber on a nutrition label just says fiber. Right. It doesn't say what type of fiber, how many different types of fiber this product yep. contains. Yep. So I love that 
little bit of information today. What about you? What's your trick when you don't have meals? Either make some form of a Saqqara meal. So that would look like a base of leafy greens, add in probably five different types of fruit or vegetable on there, um, a plant protein, usually a legume, like a bean, a white bean, I love white beans, or a black bean, um, or a, a nut, like a walnut, really into black walnuts. I know some mm. people think they taste very dusty, hmm. but I'm into that taste. <laughs> Get it from my mom. Um, and uh, a really high quality olive oil, like I'm, I love salad dressings, but if I'm just making a meal for myself, I'm probably going to go on the lazy girl style and just do lemon and olive oil, olive oil and salt. I might be too lazy to even squeeze a lemon, <laughs> but um, I keep different seeds in jars in the fridge. So I'll put a sprinkle of hemp seeds and probably some chia um, and call it a day. Yeah, you know? that sounds delicious. And then if I if it's a dinner and I want something hot, maybe I just take that entire thing and throw it into one saute pan and stir it around and yeah, yeah, and it's good to go. Yeah, I do something similar for the kids. Like when I have a sakar dinner and I'm running late and I can't really think of anything to cook, I will make. I really like brown rice pasta because mm. I think um, even though it's not quite as high in protein as some of the lentil and chickpea. For some people, they can be hard to digest, and also I can't get them past my toddler because they're not as akin to regular pasta mm -hmm. as she would like. But the brown rice is really good, also gluten-free, and gluten can cause issues for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do an organic, really simple marinara, but then just add in as many vegetables as I have in the fridge. And it's also a great way to get rid of... <laughs> Whatever you have left have been, over in your yeah, fridge. Yeah, sitting in there. And I usually just steam oh. them, chop them up really small, and add them to the marinara, or I've also um, steamed cauliflower and sauteed it or um, blended it in the Vitamix with garlic and salt and added mm. that to the marinara, and it kind of made it like an olive vodka. Oh, yeah. It's really good. That and sounds tasty. The kiddos liked it, too. That's kiddos a good way to husband. sneak it in, sneak yeah. in some vegetables. Yeah, and making sure you're getting enough of those cruciferous vegetables. Yes. That sulfurane antioxidant. Which is important for your phase two liver detox process which we talk about in our episode with Dr. Aviva Ram on hormones. If you haven't listened to that one, highly recommend going back and giving it a listen too. Right now it's summertime and so our garden is just exploding with produce. Um, currently living in Sedona at home with my mom and if you've been following along, you know that my mom has an incredible garden. Uh, she grows most of the food that she eats and now that we eat, um, along with Saqqara meals. But we've been doing a blend of lettuce and spinach, which this spinach looks totally different from the spinach you get in the grocery store. It grows really tall because of the heat and it has pointed kind of leaves on it. So um, it's been really great for me to see, really get hands-on with how different vegetables grow. Mm -hmm. um, I think the most surprising one that I love to show everybody when they come over is the asparagus, because if you've never seen asparagus growing, which most of us haven't, no, it's it. It, it grows. Looks like fennel. It, it turns into a bush. Yeah, essentially, it looks like yeah, like fennel um, or fennel. dill, something kind of frony mm -hmm. at the ends. 
it's so nice to have that connection to our food because I think when you think of food, you think the grocery store, mm -hmm. and if we're lucky, a farmer's market, mm -hmm. but you're still so far removed from all the energy and hands and love. What goes to, into <laughs> it. To grow it, yeah. yeah. And one of the things that really amazes me is we can plant some seeds or little sprouts and it just produces so much food. We have three mulberry trees and they're exploding with fruit more than we can just feed our own family. And so I think about going back to this idea of community gardens. Um, and mm -hmm. we talked with Ron Finley about um, how, how many people you can feed with one community garden. Or even a backyard garden. Yeah. And Dr. Hyman likes to talk about this, who we also had on our podcast. Mm -hmm. um, he was like our third episode. And he talks about you know, World War II, one of the ways people um, got through that really difficult time was growing their own food. That resources were scarce, and so people went back to their backyard garden. And a lot of people were getting their sustenance from their backyard, their neighbor's backyard, etc. Yeah, and I really now, need to work on my green thumb before that happens. <laughs> I can't even keep a plant alive in my apartment. It's bad. Well, if we can work through community, yeah. then perhaps that's not what you're giving to your community, although we are through our Sakara <laughs> meals. So it's just somebody else's green thumb, all the farmers. We'll we help with. make it delicious. Okay. <sighs> it is hot. It is steamy outside and... So that's a great segue into our next question. Ooh, talking, nice about, <laughs> talking about metabolism. Get that engine revving. Yeah. So the question is, does the metabolism super powder and metabolism super bar help you lose weight? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I think ultimately the answer is for many people, yes, but you know, there's never a one-size-fits-all powder or pill or, you know, mm -hmm. solution. And if anyone ever tells you that something in this package can <laughs> do a secret thing like this for every single person, then, you know, they're, it's the snake Run away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't trust them. So what, what we set out to do with metabolism sweet, so between the super powder and the super bar, is to get at some of the root causes of what might be slowing down your metabolism. Mm -hmm. Because at Sakara, our, our mission is to get you into a body you feel really good in. And so if you have weight to lose, and losing that weight is part of your journey to getting healthier, then likely you will lose weight. Um, and that's because we are, we use some really incredible functional ingredients um, that help get to that root cause of what might be slowing down your metabolism, which is essentially how your body takes information from out there in the universe in the form of food, what we breathe, et cetera, and turns it into information and energy in the body. Yeah, and the metabolism is really complex. It's not just one thing that you can do or treat and I think how we come at it is by giving your body the support to get really healthy. If you're healthy, if we can help you, your body to age well, then it's gonna feel better and work better and these systems are gonna be humming. Um, so one of the ingredients that I love in our metabolism super powder is an Ayurvedic herb that's been used for thousands of years called Gymnema Sylvester. 
and it helps uh, to balance blood sugar and it helps to curb sugar cravings. Um, I think that that craving, it's, it's physical, it's biological, it's not just a mental craving. It is your body when it wants that sugar, um, it's hard to fight. And this can be something that can slow down your metabolism if you're constantly feeding your body sugar. Uh, you know, we're not saying that sugar is bad, but if you're consuming too much of it, it can get in the way from you feeling your best. Yeah, but it's also so complicated in that it's not sugar's fault. It's like mechanically how our body responds to foods is dependent on the foods we're eating. So mm. again, it's like this circular thing. It's not like just pure sugar is the problem. It's, you know, how we respond, our insulin response and resistance is also connected to all types of things like stress, you know, alcohol, how well you detoxify, et cetera, et cetera. So that's again why we always come back to there's not this evil right. nutrient like sugar or no. fat or anything like, or salt, um, that it's really about you know, making sure that you're getting, a, you have a balanced approach to mm -hmm. food instead of saying, I'm never going to eat sugar. They're finding that insulin resistance is linked to so many things. And I kind of feel like it's going to be at the root of every, like we're going to uncover that it's at the root of so many things. Like they're finding it is connected to Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. They're finding it's connected to so many different mood disorders, etc. Um, and so if we can really learn how to stabilize our blood sugar, which at Saqqara we focus on that, making sure you're getting this balance of, instead of added sugars, you know, natural sugars found in fruit, et cetera, um, matched with fiber, matched with protein, matched with enough fat. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but if you need help kind of stopping that cycle that you're talking exactly. about. and yep and getting out, um, the Gymnema Sylvester in the Metabolism Super Powder can help with that. And so. even if you don't need help getting out, we all want We more. all want sugar. Yeah, well, we, we are all. biologically designed to <laughs> Exactly, it. that's what I was gonna say. We're not used to living in this world of abundance. Yeah. And in a world where you at every don't turn. Don't have to climb a tree in order yeah, to get the fruit. The honey, yeah, yeah or like, yeah, get stung by a hundred bees. Right. Um, yeah, <laughs> and it's not only is it everywhere, it's marketed to, like people mm -hmm. are trying to get us to eat it. Um, so yeah, and even in a world where you might have pretty normal blood sugar anyway, it's always good to have a little extra assistance. Or we like to call it nutritional insurance, just to ensure that your blood sugar is stabilized because you know what, that will, that links back to lots of things like how well you sleep at night and the different sleep cycles you go into, how much energy you have the next day, how bloated you feel, how mm -hmm. well you digest your food. So well, talking about bloat, and digestion. Another ingredient in our super powder is this black pepper pepperine, which helps to break down some of that undigested food in your gut, in your system, um, which can be ex fermenting, expanding, creating gases, which create that bloat, which none of us feel good when we're feeling bloated. Um, so getting that food to break down, digest, at the right speed, at the right pace in your body so that your body can absorb the nutrients from it and move it along out. I feel like um, that's what people typically think of when they think of metabolism, right? It's like the yeah. fire, the digestive fire. So that black pepper pepperine really gets at that. Right. Uh, another ingredient that I love is the horsetail. And 
That one helps with excess water retention in the body. If you get up in the morning and your hands are puffy, your face is puffy, um, you need to do a lot of the gua sha in order to see your cheekbones, that type of thing. Uh, That's me. This can really help with that. I also think that um, this is a great product uh, and ingredient for some of the weightlifters that want to see a little bit more muscle definition. It's not something we talk about very often at Saqqara, but um, you know, reducing excess water retention is one way that you're going to see a little bit more muscle definition, just as an added bonus. Mm, you know, sounds great. And the Super Bars we just launched yes. a few weeks ago, um, which I guess by the time you're listening to this, it'll be a few months ago maybe, but um, big launch and we sold out. Yeah. Within a week. Um, I guess people but, need more metabolism help than we originally thought. Yeah, did. we did. It took a long time to figure out how to make it work and be as delicious as it is. Um, so it contains Atlantic brown seaweed, which is clinically proven to help turn white fat into brown fat. And without going too deep into it, you know, there's different types of fats in the body. Typically, white fat is your storage fat. It's where excess fat goes. It can cause issues. It can become visceral fat around the belly, um, which is linked to lots of um, lifestyle diseases. And so you want more brown fat, and that's the metabolically active fat. And actually, the reason it's brown is it contains mitochondria, if you remember from... Bio, bio 101 in high school. Yeah, right over here. <laughs> right over here, right yes. down the road in Sedona um, from where we're sitting. We were, did we have bio 101 together? Maybe. We did yeah, we anatomy did. together. Oh, we did anatomy together, right. Um, we won't talk about what happened we, in anatomy class. <laughs> Bless that cat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it turns white fat into brown fat, and brown fat is more metabolically active because it contains mitochondria, which, you know, you might remember from that bio 101 class, but mitochondria creates ATP, which is the currency of the body. It's what um, creates energy in the body. And so when you have more metabolically active fat, you can imagine that your entire metabolism of your body is upped and revved. Um, so it contains that and also contains prebiotic fiber um, and protein. And protein, yeah. Um, and so the two products work really well together, really synergistically to help uh, your give your body what it needs to rev that system back up um, and turn food into energy. So, I mean, I definitely feel more energized when I do the powder or the bar or the combination of the two. I'd say that's one of the um, effects that I feel the most and most instantly is just that burst of energy where I can do the powder in the morning instead of coffee and still yeah. get such a great energy boost. Well, because from it, it is, you know, we think of metabolism as weight, but essentially it's first and foremost energy about how much energy. Right. You are you storing output. the energy or are you burning the energy? Exactly. Yeah. And I do just want to say one thing about the powder, and that is that a lot of people think, experience it as bitter. Mm. And Yes, I just give want us to say, your rant, girl. I just want to say that's a good thing. You know, bitter is actually a taste that is pretty much left the standard American diet. And sometimes people will say, well, what about bitter greens? And I'm like, yeah, those are not as bitter as right. actually we, you know, as we used to experience when we were our nomadic selves hunting and gathering and eating random plants along the way. 
our metabolism powder is bitter, but it is part of how you see the results. So bitter actually activates digestive juices, which help, as you were saying, you know, if you have kind of remnant food in your system, mm. it can really create bloat and slow down your metabolism in general. Um, so making sure you're getting enough of those bitter foods that are found in the metabolism powder is actually part of what makes it so effective. Right. And it's bitter because it's made from cacao. Yeah. Cacao I mean, is actually a bitter plant. Chocolate is supposed to be bitter. It's the sugar right. that curbs the bitterness, and we did not load it with sugar, obviously. Correct. So expect a little bitterness. And it'll help and say shift, thank you. <laughs> shift that palate, like we talked about earlier, yeah. too. Start expanding your palate. I mean, expanding your horizons. I think um, I look back to some of the early days of Saqqara, and people would try to make beets one of their allergens when we... Just to avoid it? Yeah. yeah. And they'd be like, oh, I'm allergic to beets. And we're like, you are not allergic to beets. You're an adult. You can eat some beets. <laughs> um, and I think that's, that's the same here. That's why we say we're your Sikara moms. Yeah. I think that's the same here. And when you start expanding, getting outside of your comfort zone a little bit in what you're eating, maybe it'll help you expand outside of your comfort zone out in life, too. And that's where real growth and change happens. Okay, so Danielle, this question is really for you. Um, it is, what are some of your best tips for getting back in touch with your body after dieting? You talked a little bit about this earlier. Um, and I think, you know, from my perspective, watching you go through your years of dieting, um, everything was external, like your, the food was out there and you, it was, you were reading a label or measuring things or narrowing in, I can eat this, I can't eat that. And your body was a number on a scale or a size of pants. And all of that is like this thing and kind of objectifying. Mm -hmm. And then I saw this shift in you where mm -hmm. all of it kind of aligned in together where you were your body, you were the food, the food informed how you felt it you know it all just kind of came together and how do you start to build that relationship with your body after all the years of dieting yeah I think it's it, it takes some time and I and it's um like it took me a long time I remember even as we were starting out on our journey with Sakara, I'd watch you I'd finally found a way of eating that made me feel really good. Mm. But then it took a while to let go of some of these really instinctual, habitual thought patterns. Like, I'd watch you eat a croissant, and I'd be like, how? Why would she ever eat a croissant? Like, it was so <laughs> crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but you had so much more peace with your relationship to food than I did. So I really had to unlearn a lot of the things that... Uh, informed my decisions. I had mm -hmm. to unlearn that calories count. I had to unlearn that um, I should, you know, count grams of fat. I had to unlearn that, you know, low fat is good. I had to unlearn so many things. Um, and so I think number one is just being gentle with yourself that it's not going to happen overnight. And if you want it to last, it shouldn't happen overnight. And I think the first step is really remembering finding a mantra for yourself for every time you interact with food because it's something we have to do every single day um and for me it was really switching this thing in my head where food was the enemy for me for so long 
Mm-hmm. And as you said, I was always counting calories and carbs and points and pounds and worrying about what to eat and, and using vegan and using raw foodists and using these terms as ways to navigate the, the, the food world and say no mostly to mm-hmm. things. Um, and really just getting back to actually food is nourishment. Food is not the enemy. And when I pick the right foods... I feel a difference. And so it was Mm -hmm. just starting out on one day. Day one, I'm going to try and pick the right foods. And there's no perfect, but I'm just going to try and eat mostly the foods that make me feel really good. And then the next day, doing it again. And the layering effect is so profound. And yes, it took a long time to lose some of those habitual thoughts. But how I felt in my body, like by eating this way, changed in a matter of weeks. Like that, that part happened so fast. And that's what was really motivating to keep going. Because it was finally this lifestyle solution. It wasn't a diet. There was nothing that I shouldn't eat or couldn't eat. It was just most of the time I eat things that make me feel good. Yeah, and I think something you just said about this thing in your brain switching to wanting to nourish yourself and remembering that food, first and foremost, is nourishment and deciding that you're worthy of nourishment. Mm -hmm that it wasn't food as a way to punish yourself or restrict because you weren't good enough. But it was, I am good enough today, in my body today, Mm -hmm. exactly how it is right now, even if you weren't in what you had in your mind as perfect, and saying, I want to nourish this body because it's the body that I have and the body that I am. Yeah. And that, I think, you, even just kind of like having that shift released so much weight off of you, off of your shoulders, off of your mind, just like, and helped you to see um, what you were then like guided and and more attracted to the foods that were healthy for you, which ultimately got you the results you were looking for. Right. Yeah. It's also connected. And I remember when you were going through your skin stuff, we would talk about how would our lives change? Yeah. If like, how would, how would your life change if your skin were perfect? How would my life change if I had the body that I thought I had to have? And I think that's a great thought exercise. If Mm -hmm. you're new to this or you're trying to get re in touch with your body, like how would your life actually change? Well, I think a lot of people think that it would change dramatically. Well, but like ask yourself, how would it change? Would it change because you might find the love of your life, you'd feel sexier in your body, and you'll start to notice that it's decisions that would change. Like you would, you're aware that where, I, yeah, like your mind, what you've made up of, about yourself, like the the things you think you know are true about yourself, would change if you were, you know, a different mm-hmm. size. Like that's what you tell yourself in your head, but you actually have the power to feel sexy in your body right now. Yeah, you have the power to feel powerful in your body right now, and it doesn't mean you might not solve for something else and try and get healthier if that's what you want want to do or need to do. But it means, as you say realizing that what you have right now is what you need right now and Mm. it's perfect for where you are right now Mm -hmm. and you can also solve for a different future state without having to hate where you are right now yeah and I think about like what would have been some of those things I would have done differently maybe I would have uh you know smiled more in photos and been willing to have more pictures taken I would have Mm Uh, worn a different hairstyle that didn't cover my face. Mm-hmm. I would have... Felt more confident walking into a room. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that 
Um, all of those things are just an energy and I could have had the same energy of confidence and maybe people would have never even noticed what was on my face if I showed up yeah. smiling and confident exactly, and feeling good in my body and who I am and could have attracted all the same things into my life, you know, no matter what my skin looked like. Yeah. If I had that energy. Yeah. And it's not to say you still don't want to fix your skin. That's right. okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, as you all know, we always like to end with light work. Um, light work is kind of like homework, but it's work to help all of us shine our lights a little or a lot brighter. And so I love connecting the light work to this last question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what would you do differently if you had the body? I think we should connect it to the body yeah. given Sakara and this, all the questions today. What would you do if you had the body that you dream of right now? How would your life be different? Yeah. And how can you just be that Start different person it. tomorrow? Today. Yeah, today, right? You can wait for it to happen or you can start living that life right now. Yeah, and I think the, the lovely practice in this is just noticing how what you think about yourself holds you back. Mm. And that if you could change your mind about yourself, how many more opportunities would come your way? And life is too short to get in our own way. It is, and to not feel good in your body just because of what you think you might need to look like or what other people might think of you. Um, So yeah, what are some of those things? How would you show up differently in the world? Write maybe three of them down and then challenge you to start doing those things tomorrow. Are you gonna wear something different? Are you going to post something different to your social media? Are you going to call somebody or ask somebody out on a date? Are you going to ask for, you know, sign up to get a different job? What are those things? And then can you go do those now? Don't wait to be different. Um, start doing it today. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's been so fun to yeah, record. Yeah, this is great. Live in Sedona amongst the vortices and the red rocks. Yeah, powerful. Hope you guys felt some of that energy today. Sending you all some Sedona energy. Looking forward to season three and all the adventures we'll have together. If you have a Sakara story that you would like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at sakarastories at sakaralife.com. That's S-A-K-A-R-A-S-T-O-R-I-E-S at sakaralife.com or send us a DM at sakaralife. Don't forget to hit subscribe for the Sakara Life podcast and share this episode with anyone you think needs to hear what we talked about today. And don't forget about the light work. It might feel a little hard, a little uncomfortable, but it's supposed to. The whole idea is that we lean into what's uncomfortable so we all get to shine our lights a little brighter. And we'll see you on the other side, Sakara Lights. <laughs>